Over the next few weeks, we as a church are going to be focusing on the unique part that every single one of us plays to be the church that God has called us to be. We're going to look at the unique qualities and the unique gifting that God has graciously given to every fellow believer and how we can discover these gifts and how we can use these gifts so that in Christ, as it said in verse 5 of the reading Joy just read, that though many, we form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Belongs. Belonging is a powerful word. To belong is to be accepted, isn't it? To belong is to be accepted. To belong is to feel secure. And without belonging, we are alone. As humans, we are made to belong somewhere. But choosing where to belong can be overwhelming at times. We can belong to to different uh, social groups or political groups or school groups or sport groups. We can make up our own groups at times. I can still remember when I was in primary school, um, we, we had a group, it was called the, the, the Treehouse Group, the Treehouse Club. And this Treehouse Club was very exclusive. That We made up a secret password each day that you had to know to belong to this group. Um, we had a secret knock on this door made of wood and, and bark to get into this group. Uh, there were roles within this group. You had to find lots of sticks and lots of bits of bark to be able to make our treehouse bigger. We would even set guards in place so that if someone that didn't belong to our group came along, we would kind of point them on their, on their merry way. But, but the thing with belonging is that with most groups, to belong to that group is you have to be like-minded, don't you? You have to have the same interests the same passions, the same skills, the same things to contribute to these groups. Uh, Book clubs, who is part of a book club? Anyone here part of a book club? If you're part of a book club, I can tell you just about everyone in that club is part of that book club because they love books and they love reading. It makes sense, doesn't it? A soccer club, most people are part of a soccer club because they like soccer and they like playing soccer and they might be good at soccer. I never tried to get into other groups at school. There was another, there was an ultra-exclusive group in primary school called the Skipping Group. That was even harder to get into. But I didn't want to be part of the Skipping Group because I, I couldn't skip and I wasn't very interested in it. But God's plan for belonging, however, is completely different to the world's view of belonging. Because when we first believed, we, we understood that we belonged to God, didn't we? that he died for our sins, that Jesus died for our sins so that we can be part of God's family and belong. But there's some, there's more to belonging than just what God did for us. And today's passage, I think, challenges us that belonging within God's family also requires us to share the gifts that have been given by God to us with each other and for each other. And the unique part about belonging to God's family, the unique part, is that one of the main criteria is that we don't and cannot have the same gifts. We don't have the same passions. We don't have to have the same passions. We actually belong because of our differences instead of the similarities that we may have. So if you look around the room today, if you kind of look around and kind of go, these people are pretty different from from me, then there's a really good chance that we belong together. And my prayer for this morning is that 
as we explore some of these unique gifts that God has given you and given this church, that we will find a wonderful sense of belonging, not just in how you can use your gifts, but in how much we need each other to use our gifts to support and encourage and grow not just our church, but the kingdom of God across the globe. So as some background to Romans 12, today's passage, it's here in Paul's letter to the Romans that he moves from his doctrinal discussion that he's used for the first 11 chapters to a practical discussion, as in how do we actually put these words into practice now? In the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul carefully articulates God's mercy to sinners through Jesus' death on the cross. And the rest of this letter now explains our obligations. How do we... How do we live for God through Christ? How do we respond to God's actions in a way that pleases God? You'll be familiar with the verses that actually preceded today's reading. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. To not conform to the world's patterns. To test and approve God's will by renewing your mind. And it's following these words now that Paul starts to show us how to live in view of God's mercy. Explaining that it will and it needs to look different from the world around us. So his immediate focus then is said only out of the grace that's been given him to encourage followers of Jesus to serve within the body of Christ. To serve. Paul says that the best way we can serve is to use the unique gifts that we've been given by God. God God-given gifts. Spiritual gifts to fulfil a unique role in the body of Christ. Every believer has a unique part to play. The New Testament has numerous places, as you can see here, where gifts are mentioned. None of these lists of gifts are exhaustive by any means. And all gifts are from God. And as you look at these lists on the screen, you probably think, well, some of those gifts are pretty straightforward. Some are... A little tricky to understand, particularly the 1 Corinthians 12 passage, and we're going to look at that passage in the coming weeks. Now, you may look at this list of of gifts and straight away know exactly which one or two, perhaps, God has spiritually gifted you with. But if you look at this list and are thinking, yeah, I've not got all those sorted, no worries, then I think this passage will probably challenge you. You may have gifts that are not on this list. And that is so good if that's the case. These lists are not exhaustive. Uh, Maybe God has given you other gifts. What about gifts like creativity? Gifts like innovation? Things that are so needed to draw a distracted world towards God. Maybe today you look at this list and think, I don't have any of those gifts in in that list. In fact, maybe I don't have any gift that I actually think I could serve the body of Christ with. And I hope that today's passage will also just encourage you that you do have a unique part to play in our church, not just in our church, but in the broader body of Christ as well. So as we focus on Romans 12, and particularly the first half of Romans 12 today, Paul first of all gives us a few warnings and then gives us some really great encouragement as well. So let's start look at the, the warnings first of all. The first one is Paul warns that gifts are not given to provide rank or superiority at all. Gifts are not given to provide rank or superiority. 
Paul is firstly addressing those in the church who know their gifting. But they're, they're, they're going around, they're proudly strutting it around. They're boasting of what they can do. They're thinking of themselves more highly than others. And Paul rebukes this attitude straight away. He advises these people to think of themselves with sober judgment, acknowledging that it is God who gives gifts exactly as he chooses and exactly within the capabilities and the capacities that our faith can handle because our faith comes from God. If you looked at that list of gifts before and started ranking things, if you started ranking oh, teachings above uh, helping or healings above serving, then you've actually fallen into that same trap that the Romans had. Just because your gifting has a different function to someone else's, it doesn't make it better or worse. It doesn't make it more important. And the second warning Paul gives us is that gifts are not given to make a church service run smoothly. They're not there to just make a church service run smoothly. The body of Christ is not just the 8.30 service, is it? Or the 10.30 service. In verses 4 and 5, Paul says these words. He says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I think this analogy that Paul gives us of us being a member, a part of a body, is about the body being alive and functional at all times on every day of the week. Imagine if your body was fit, your body was healthy, your body was strong, but it was only strong and fit and healthy on a Sunday. It doesn't make sense, does it? That's crazy. Your body needs to function every day, doesn't it? Yes, your body needs rest. It needs sustenance. It needs to be active, but not just for a few hours a week. I think churches over the years have probably done a bit of a disservice at times by promoting that gifts are only to be used in the church and for the church. Because the unique shape that you have, the unique gifts that God has given you, are also designed to be used outside of these church walls to be used in your families and in your social groups, in your workplaces. Jesus himself didn't limit himself and his gifting to within the church walls, did he? Jesus didn't limit his gifting to within the church walls. And I think if we truly acknowledge Jesus as the head of our church, that we too will use our gifts and encourage others to use their gifts everywhere. So if gifts are not given by God to provide rank or superiority and not given just to make a Sunday church service run smoothly, why does God give us gifts? And Paul gives us some very clear answers in this passage. Firstly, he says we're given different gifts because of God's grace. Verse 6 says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Isn't it great that God chooses to use flawed people like us to gift because of his grace and to gift differently to grow the church. I hope that as you looked at those lists of gifts given throughout the Bible, you think, hang on, shouldn't we actually be doing lots of those things? And not, not just one, shouldn't we be doing all those things? And you're absolutely right. Just because you may not have a spiritual gifting to give or to encourage, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. 
But God gracefully gives us not only gifts, but a real passion to use them as well. And when you know the gifts that God has given you, you are passionate about using them. You wonder, why don't other people feel as passionate about this gift as I do? It can be frustrating at times. But when you see someone using the gifts that God has given them in the full capacity of the grace given to them, it is so wonderful and exciting to see these gifts in action. For example, one of the gifts mentioned in this passage was serving, wasn't it? And Paul said those words, if your gift is serving, then serve. If your gift is serving, then serve. Now, I I can make a, a drinkable coffee. I can make a drinkable cup of tea. I can hand out a biscuit to one of our our little treasures at times. But when you meet or stand next to someone whose spiritual gift is serving, wow, it is amazing. Someone gifted with serving knows that just handing out a cup of coffee, instant coffee even, might just be the one thing that allows a new person to be connected to this church. Or it provides a time and a space and opportunity for someone to share a struggle or a burden that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Or it brings joy to that four-year-old who comes up and you secretly give them two biscuits instead of one biscuit. I know some of you do that. And the little kid goes, this is awesome. I want to come back here next week. A server has already made a meal before they're on a roster. They offer to help before they're being asked. They genuinely do not want any recognition for what they do. They genuinely don't want anything in return. Someone with a spiritual gift of serving serves because Jesus has given them a passion to serve. And when they do, the whole body of Christ is built up. And when they don't, the whole body of Christ suffers. A server can definitely do a whole bunch of other things, absolutely. But this is a gift, it is a passion, it is a spiritual, supernatural gift that overflows into all aspects of their life. They don't just serve in a church, they serve in their families, in their communities, in their social groups. We are given different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And as you discover and grow in yours, the body of Christ can only rejoice. Uh, The the second thing is we're given different gifts to provide unity. Different gifts to provide unity. The analogy of the body, I think, is such a great example that Paul uses here. As I'm starting to get older, I'm starting to realise that some parts of my body start to disagree with other parts of my body. Um, Some examples, when I look at a computer for too long with my eyes, I start to get a headache in the back of my head at times. If I put too many chips in my mouth on grand final night, my stomach starts to get a little bit sore. If I sit on an uncomfortable chair for too long, my back starts to feel it the next day. There's a clear interaction between all parts of my body and they are often not in unity. But the unique gifts that God gives each of his children, they are designed to be different, but they are designed for unity. In Christ, we, though many, form one body. One body. This means that each gift is designed with, to, to be used with and for others. Now, using your gifts alone, it might be easier, and often it is easier to use your gifts alone 
because you don't have to be around people who are different to you. But in that case, you might be an arm, just an arm sitting in a corner. And sure, you might win an arm wrestle every now and then. But you miss out on that joy of being part of this single body that can do so much more than you can do alone. Using your gifts allows other people's gifts to flourish. So can I encourage you that if you're feeling a little disconnected, perhaps tired of church, tired of just doing a Sunday ritual, then please know that the body of Christ needs you. Our church needs you. Churches across Australia and the globe needs you. You have a unique part to play. And no one else, no one else can play your part. You have been gifted by Christ to form one body. And maybe it's time for you to to reconnect and join in again. The third thing Paul says is we are given gifts, different gifts, to use. We're given gifts to use. So in verses 6 to 8, Paul is instructing believers not just to know their gifting from God, certainly not boast about their gifting from God, but to put it into practice. Imagine if Paul said something like, okay, so God has gifted you in encouragement, uh, go and prophesy. What if he said, all of you gifted servers, go and teach. I'm so thankful that this passage doesn't say that. Paul explicitly states that if you are gifted in giving, then give. If you can show mercy, then do it. Paul knew that when people are gifted differently, there can be a tendency to to look at someone else. Jealousy may even creep in at times. And you might think, well, that person's gift seems better than mine. Maybe I'll just go and do that gifting instead. Which brings us back to that original problem I was talking about, where we find our sense of belonging in all being the same. One thing that really stood out to me in preparing this sermon is coming to realise that God has intentionally not gifted me in so many areas of ministry. That God has intentionally not gifted me or you in many essential aspects of service. When I reflected on this, I thought, that seems a little bit harsh. But as I've reflected on it more, it's become abundantly clear to me and actually deeply refreshing to know that he did this so that I can belong to each one of you forming this single body of Christ. I hope that when you look around the room today, I hope you know that we belong to each other. And it's not because of the gifts that we have, but also because of the gifts that we lack and can't do that God has designed all of us to be together and belong together as the body of Christ. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring more about this unique shape that God has made you, this unique role that you do have within the body of Christ. Maybe today you are wondering, what are your spiritual gifts? What are the gifts that God has given you? How has God made you unique? How can you find and use your gifts to build up the body of Christ? How can you belong? And we'll go into more detail over the coming weeks, but I'll just mention a few things here. I think, firstly, to know your spiritual gifting, the most important thing we can do is talk to God, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in prayer with the giver of these gifts. 
with the one who gave the greatest gift of all, his son to die in your place on the cross for your sins so that you can call him Heavenly Father. He is the giver of all good things. These are God-given gifts, spiritual gifts. And I think the best place to start in discovering your gifts is to spend time with the one who gives them to you. Uh, Secondly, I think it's important that you talk to those who know you. The people around you, people in your Bible study groups, in your youth groups, your friends or your family who know you. And I can almost guarantee that if you ask someone that you love what your spiritual gifts may be, there's a good chance that they will answer quickly, they will answer confidently, and they will answer wisely. I really encourage you to ask those around you. And, and lastly, there are lots of tools available for Christians to discover their unique spiritual gifting. There are, there are online tools, there are books that you can read that can be helpful in discovering your unique shape and your unique part to play. Now, none of these tools are perfect by any means, and none should replace talking to God first and talking to others. You'll need to filter out what you think is right and wrong in some of these tools, but they can be a good start. One of the tools that Pastor Nata shared with us is called the Shape Tool, S-H-A-P-E, the Shape Tool. Um, The Shape Tool is is a tool that can be found online um, just by Googling Free Shape Test is the website, Free Shape Test. We'll put the link in the Church Connection uh, email this week. And this Shape Tool is something that you or even your home groups might like to consider doing to help you discover and understand your unique spiritual gifting that you have. One aspect of this tool is it will actually ask you lots and lots of questions about what are you passionate about? What do you love doing? And the answers will come up indicating perhaps what spiritual gifting you may have. You may disagree with the tool, and that's fine. You might agree with it. But if it gets you thinking about how God has gifted you in a unique way, then that's a really great thing. The tool provides lots of space for self-reflection, Space to think about what are your passions, what excites you, what energises you, what does your heart beat for? What are your skills and abilities? How has past experience perhaps impacted on who you are today? Now because Pastor Nate suggested it, I thought this week I would use the tool. I haven't used one of these tools in a long time. So I've used the tool. There were things that I liked about it. There were things I didn't really like about it as well. But I can see how a tool like this can actually really benefit you if you are unsure about your spiritual gifting, just to kind of point you in the right direction, perhaps. Now, I was trying to work out whether I kind of show all my results up on the screen here. There's a bit of vulnerability there, but I thought, you know, as we, you know, Pastor Nate said, let's have a go. So I'll, I'll show you kind of what the tool showed for me when I kind of answered lots of questions, what kind of came, came up. Now, as I kind of looked at the results that, that came up, there were, there were some things that to me kind of made sense. I could, you know, teaching, I think, is up there. I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, administration, I was kind of like, oh, that, I wasn't sure about that. Prophecy, I had to go, what on earth does that mean? Gifting prophecy. It's not fortune telling. It's very much about, um, you know, that, that willingness to be passionate about telling others about God's um, upcoming, uh, not, not only judgment, but what he has done for us, um, so, that, so that we won't be under God's judgment too. Um, so as we, as we look at this, 
I think the key thing to remember, if you use a tool like this, is to remember all those points that I just made. That if you end up with a tool that kind of points you about some areas that perhaps you are gifted in, to remember that as Paul is telling us in Romans 12, that gifts are not given by God to provide rain for superiority. We've just talked about that. They're not given to make a church service run smoothly. They're given because of God's grace only. They're given to provide unity. They're given to use. What is a really unhelpful way of using a tool like this is you could look at this and kind of go, man, Steve, you're really bad at serving. You're really poor at mercy showing. Look at that result, 30%. What, what's, what's the deal with that? And you're, what else are you bad at? Uh, exhortation and encouragement. You're no good at that either. But that, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of a tool like this, and that's the wrong way to use a tool like this. You might be going, what's Steve even doing in a church? Look at all those 30 and 40%. But that's, that's not the purpose of this. The whole point of gifts being given by two different people by God is so that we can be the body of Christ. We, we shouldn't have 100% on all of these gifts at all. Every believer in the body of Christ will do all of these things at different times, in different capacities. Not everyone has the same spiritual gifts or the same spiritual enthusiasm or passion or desire to use these things. So I was thinking when I see a low score for me, it should bring me to a place of deep thankfulness, deep thankfulness that there are others here who are gifted in the things that I am not. Deep thankfulness that we are a part of a body of Christ with different gifts. It should lead me to a deep sense of belonging because that is how our Heavenly Father made us. In November, our church will be running a ministry fair. More details will come, but it will be a time where as you'll spend some time over these coming weeks reflecting on your spiritual gifts, you'll have the opportunity to see all the ways that spiritual gifts are being used every day of the week from those in our church. And perhaps you can find a place where you can belong and use your gifts to make the body of Christ stronger together. You can also look at your life outside of church and see where you might already be using these gifts and where you can use them more effectively. Using your gifts as part of the body of Christ, sharing his grace and his love to the world. As the rest of Romans 12 goes on to say, knowing and celebrating these gifts among us requires us loving one another, truly loving one another. It removes that judgment. It requires us being devoted to one another. It requires us being joyful and rejoicing with one another, living in harmony and peace with one another. We all have a unique part to play. I encourage you to spend some time in the coming weeks to know and to use your gifts that God has given you. Because in Christ we, though we are many, form one body. And because of this we belong to each other. Let's pray. Father God, I'm, I'm so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful that we can read it freely here. I'm thankful for these words that you gave Paul to write. Words to encourage us in the gifting that you have given us. Lord, I pray that you'll give us opportunities this week to remind us that we are part of one body. 
that each of us here has been gifted differently. Give us opportunities to be able to share the gifting that we have, to understand the gifting that others have around us, and to be able to use the gifts that you've given us to grow the body of Christ and find that deep sense of belonging that you've designed us for. Amen.